from the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. It started. Three, two, one. Let's go. Hey, I'm Coach C. Collins. Coach MJ, GGT. And welcome to About That Life Podcast where we talk about basketball, AAU life, and everything in between. Uh, we know we've been gone for a while. We appreciate those who've uh, still been listening because I've been looking at the pod bean. I've been looking at guys and girls out there still supporting uh, parents coming, talking to me. Uh, Mark, anybody probably yeah, say I, the same to yeah, you. Yeah, I got everybody. I, in my area, a lot of people keep asking me about the show, so that's pretty dope. Yeah, so we appreciate uh, the support, man. We know we've been gone for a minute. Uh, quite honestly, schedules just suck right now. Yeah. <laughs> it just really is between work, kids. Uh, Mark's got a life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a life. Uh, Mark just cut his hair. Which, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, new beginnings. You know, yeah, congratulations, yeah. Thank bro. You, thank you, thank you, thank um, you. But no, uh, yeah, it's just been it's been real busy. Uh, last episode, episode twenty with uh, Dwayne went really well. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of positive feedback from that. Um, it even kind of, I think, want to say uh, help circle back and encourage our current guests, which I will get to in a sec. Um, but again, one small click for you is a big help to us. So please hit that subscribe, uh, hit that follow button. Um, if you're following us on, you know, the audio uh, stuff like Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, all of it helps. We really do appreciate it because me, Ty, and Mark really try to work hard to make this happen for you guys and just give you a real perspective on uh, AAU basketball and the ground, um, the grassroots moving up. So for today's guest, um, this is this is going to be cool, pretty interesting. Um, she has a very cool perspective on the game not only just the game itself but um i want i want to say she has a very interesting side of it not being just an AU mother but having two relatives that played professionally um does your other brother is he still currently playing or is he retired no he's retired okay so having two ex-pro athletes in the family and being a girl and the middle child right (laughs) so you know she's definitely got a unique perspective um but uh Many of you might know her brother, which is uh, Matt Barnes, but uh, our guest is Miss Danielle Barnes. So thank you for being on the show. We appreciate that. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Long overdue. No (laughs) problem. Uh, She's also, uh, well, outside of, you know, being a pro-athlete relative, uh, she works in real estate and uh, she's pretty much the AAU director and founder. I mean, you're pretty much the founder of Matt Barnes. Elika, yeah, you're the I founder. recruited. Yeah, exactly. So she's 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 in the AAU world. She's not just related to it. <laughs> she's actually out there working hard in it. So I just wanted to um, give you guys a brief synopsis on who she is. So when me and you talked, you said you watched a lot of basketball. Like you said, from Salvation Army when you were younger. You said like eighteen to eight, well, eight to fourteen. I grew up at Salvation Army on the wooden benches. Um, from the time school got out until probably nine nice. at night, okay, five days a week, um, just watching training, pick up games, whatever. It was almost like daycare. Okay, wow. so so you were a hard hardwood princess <laughs> all my life. <laughs> all right, yep. makes sense. And then, obviously, you watched uh, the path of your brothers, correct? Yes. And you, you, I, I think it was safe to say that they put in a lot of work to get where they were at, correct? Unbelievable right. amount of work, yes. Um, 
not forced though. It was all self-driven work. So, yep. And I was drawn to it. I could have went to a friend's house. I could have stayed home. Um, I've always been drawn to the process. So, no, that's good. Yeah. And and then the biggest thing, uh, what? Well, when you were texting me and stuff like that, um, you got a chance to obviously go to a lot of NBA games and watch the highest level, correct? All of them. All of them. I mean, I didn't miss. If it was on the West Coast, I was at it every single game, middle of the week. Didn't matter. I didn't miss a game. And then, um, yeah. Good. No, that's, that's good. And then when, you're, uh, when your brother was with the Warriors, were you at a lot of those games too? All of them. Yeah, because I was going to say during that time, obviously the Warriors were <laughs> doing pretty damn good. Yes. And I'm a Warriors fan, so, you know, I got to. It was crazy. Yeah. That I, Oracle Arena, that is um, – if you didn't get to experience it, you kind of missed out on an era. It was, yeah. you had to be there. Yeah. No, and I get it. Mm-hmm. So, and I was lucky enough to be there a few times myself. So, you know, Bay Area stand up, man. I'm an I'm a Oakland kid through and through. So, mm-hmm. it, it's really fun to watch in our lifetime the Warriors yeah. didn't suck. Because I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you, for about 30, 30 yeah. years of my life, the Warriors were struggling. So, uh, from your perspective, obviously having a, a relative who's a part of that, that's got to be really cool. That was crazy. How was how was it the experience when um, when Matt came to the Kings? Because I know that's where you guys are from, and he played with. How was that when he came back home? Home has always been. I don't know. I feel like the Bay treated him better than home treated mm-hmm. him. Okay, and he felt that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's definitely love up here, yeah. but. I don't know. Yeah. You know, your supporters don't always support you to yeah. see you through it. They kind of support you and hope that you fail sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Sack was on his neck all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bay just open arms, embraced him, mm-hmm. and it became, I mean, we're from the Bay. We were born, yeah. born in the Bay. So okay. that felt still to this day still feels more like home when i'm there than roseville yeah you know okay Okay. i I can understand that and then well outside of that i mean just so people just so our listeners right for who don't know you um where'd you go to high school in uh sacramento fair oaks i went to del campo high school in fair oaks okay uh like two years two years or no no that's it's where it's located, Fair Oaks. Oh, like, Fair Oaks. Oh, okay, I'm like tripping. Okay, city. yeah, you I know where know. Del Campo. Yeah, yeah no, okay. No. So I know what you're saying. Del Campo. No, all four years, Del Campo almost pulled out. My freshman year, we had like a really rough spot. My freshman year, Matt's senior year, um, but stuck it out. Okay, good, so. good. Well, like you said, home. Uh, you know, a little bit of a Bay Area and Sacramento hometown kid. That's yeah, I can understand that. So, well, without further ado, let's give you a round of applause. It's from our audience. We appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, So let's get right to it. So what's been your overall experience with AAU? And, you know, like um, the good points, the bad points, you know, what AAU does as a whole. um, Just want to get your perspective. That's a really broad question. Um, so I grew up watching AAU, mm-hmm. um, a different kind of AAU. So everyone didn't make the team when I grew up. Same here. And that's AAU mm-hmm. to me. And I will never look at it in a different way. Um, 
you had to earn a spot on an AAU team when I grew up, and they were the elite of everyone in the area. So that's what I base AAU on. Um, now, as a mother of four boys and bringing AAU to my family, I struggle um, because that all-inclusive definitely exists, and I'm a non-believer of it. Um, I don't feel that. So if you're going to be on the bench the whole time, I don't think you should be on the team. Mm. Um, you know, just because your parents want you to play and there's a spot and you pay your dues, I don't think you should play. Um, but that's just me. I understand how programs work. I know that our feeder teams feed our big boys. So I think it's a different story for the younger boys. I think we need that. And I think you earn your spot as you grow. I believe AAU is strictly for our high school boys. I think it's a catalyst for a scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. think loyalty is huge. You can't be on one team one year and bounce and be our competitor the next year. Like, I want you to commit, and I want you to make it work with who's on your team, and I want everybody to feed off of it. So that's been my struggle. Yeah, My struggle has been teaching these boys loyalty, um, the grass ain't always greener, and not everybody deserves a spot. There's no loyalty in AAU anymore. No. It just, it just isn't. It's unfortunate, but... It is, and I think it's what we teach our kids. So my son, he's wanted to bounce before. You know, it hasn't all always been beautiful with Matt Barnes Elite. Like, with it on my shoulders as a single mother, like it's a lot. And if I don't feel like doing it or I don't have the energy to do it, then, you know, things start to stray and go offline. And sometimes another organization that has been around looks a little better, like, hey, that might be easy. Like if I just let this go and hop on with someone else, I can help. I don't know if I want to do this. Um, <clears throat> so... So, yeah, so my view on it is loyalty. So I shut it down. I'm like, if this isn't going how I want it to go, I don't want it to go at all. So I shut it down two years ago. It wasn't going the direction I wanted it. Cut guys were hopping on and hopping off the team, um, yelling at the refs. I think that's for the parents to do, even though we shouldn't. <laughs> but I don't want my boys on the court yelling at refs. I don't want them pouting on the bench. I don't want them walking on the court. Um I just have such high expectations and I feel like I kind of lost control. So I pulled the plug. Um, I didn't want our name out there on the court looking a mess. So we've been out of it for about two years. Um, just playing locally, no travel, no rules, no practice, just getting the boys out of quarantine yeah. is what I would call our current Matt Barnes elite. Like if you see us out on the court right now, it's literally Past time, passing time, you know, checking our temperature, seeing what's going on, giving the boys an opportunity to play. Do you want to, do you think you want to get back to kind of the structure of it, the meat and bones of it, and kind of, you know, give it a direction and things like that again? Or are you just kind of, kind of cool going in this like? I realize what it, what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, it scares me. My hands are so full. I'm so busy with work, with kids, with life. Um, I do want to because I put so much into it already. And my son is a sophomore. And the whole reason I started this. 
six years ago was for him to to thrive and to get him out there. And we were doing really good. I mean, we were young, but we were solid. Like, we had the best players. You see the good players that are floating around SAC in the Bay right now. Like, they played for us. So I would like to reorganize and get going this summer and see how it goes. Um, They're teenagers now, so I need to see where their minds are at. I think we'll give this a soft run this summer. I'll get all my paperwork, get all my things back, you know, behind the scenes put together and give it a run this summer. And if all things start hitting, then, yeah, we're going to come back. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Well, so then that leads me to my next question, kind of, you know, navigating the AU field uh, as a parent. So kind of step away from the directorial side, right, as Mm -hmm. a mom, right? Um you know, you're doing a lot of this, like you just said, as a single mom, you know, um, taking care of the kids. You obviously have a teenage son. Uh, and, and we all know as our kids kind of get older, we kind of try to put more responsibility on them rather than, you know, us kind of forcing the issue and things like that. And then the biggest thing that you alluded to is your name, you know, the, the Barnes name, right? Mm-hmm. It obviously has some level of notoriety in this area and, and, outside of this area, you know what I mean? Um, due to your, to your brother's presence and, and not, not even that your own, cause you kind of have a strong presence yourself, you know, as a mom, what would you say are the pros and cons that come with it? You know, and is there any advice you can give out there to mothers trying to figure this out for their sons? Pros would be, I love watching my son play. I love to watch him play and do well and thrive and dominate. I love it. Um, he loves it. Saying that in the same sentence, I'm also going to say we've reached a level of burnout. Okay. Which AAU goes all year now. That's also different. You know, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard on their body. He's already been injured. Um, he's growing like crazy. Um, their bodies are wearing out as teenagers. So. I was okay pulling the plug for so many reasons as a director, but as a mother, I'm seeing the pain at night, um, the exhaustion. Um, as much as parents want to ignore the obvious, but the dedication takes away from schoolwork, takes yeah. away from being a kid. And um, watching my brother grow up, I've said this before, he didn't get to be a kid. So a lot of professional athletes actually missed out on their childhood because the training, the traveling, the school ball, um, the room for burnout is there. So as a mother, I don't want my son to burn out. Like his love for the game that he's, I mean, he grew up in the warrior stands. He was two in in 07. So he grew up watching NBA level. So that's what he thinks is normal. And he thinks, you know, getting to the NBA is normal. And, like, you do, you do this, this, mm-hmm. and this, and you're in the NBA. I'm like, oh, no, baby. It's 400 no. jobs. No, 400 baby. and something jobs. Like, it's no. tough. It's tough no, baby. There. I said, hmm. no, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, the chances are so slim. Like, to count on that is AAU is a catalyst for college. Yes. Period. AAU does not gauge NBA players, not NBA players. I'm sorry, but half the people that play AAU don't even go to college. Yeah. 
you know, it's a pastime for them. And D1 college, they're they're on an AAU team, but they're not even going to make a D1. So as a parent, my focus with AAU is to love it and play hard and dedicate yourself to it, but not all year. I like that. Is that the biggest advice you would give to, like I said, it? Because some of our listeners are, you know, single moms just out there trying to figure out what do I do with my son? Like, Watch for the burnout, you know. Um, they're not machines. We treat them like machines, but um, they need to be a kid. They need to experience being a kid. They need to want it. So I got to a point where I was forcing it. Like, you have practice. I don't want to go. I don't care if you want to go or not. You got to go. Like, you committed to it. You need to go or we're going to quit. Okay. Um. So that's mine. You're either all in or you're all out. But the all year thing didn't work for me. So I don't know if you remember with my program, but I shut it down for grade purposes mm-hmm. from August through November. Um, nobody played. And that was my rule. None of my teams were allowed to play. Let's get back in school. Get your flow. Get your grades. Let me see your grades. Right. And if you're messing up, then you're on the bench. Mm. And so that's where me and my coaches struggled is that some of our prime athletes, needed to be on the bench and there's me being a mom like right right you can't be no dummy on the court i'm sorry but two d's i don't care if you got a 2.0 you're a dummy (laughs) sit your ass down no we're not applauding that i don't care how good you are you need to sit your ass down and we're not taking that so that was our pushback as me as a mom versus director against my coaches and my players and my parents was Splash for all the moms that hold their kids accountable. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that. a, that's a good thing. No, that's yeah, a great I thing. Mean, yeah, if you, I, who cares if you could ball? If you're not passing your class, exactly. first of all, you're not eligible. Exactly. And what are we doing this for? Absolutely right. Uh, high school is your job right now. AAU is not your job. Like, high school is your job, and it's a catalyst into the next level. So it's all pointless if we're going to put you on the court and you're ineligible. Yep. So... As a mom, I'd say grades first, watch for burnout, give them a break. And if your son ain't into it, pull him. If he's half ass into it, Mm -hmm. pull him. Let him see, like, do I really want this? Do I miss it? Or am I good with chilling? Like, if you're good with chilling, then it's not for you because it's expensive. Travel is expensive maintaining is expensive you know all that shit adds up and as a single mom i'm not putting my money out if you're tired on the court and mm-hmm. hell no we could have stayed our asses home like you want to jog you want to have an attitude like mm-hmm. i'm all the way out here i ain't got time for that so if you want to half-ass it we could half-ass it in sacramento at hardwood palace <laughs> we ain't half-assing it in utah so mm-hmm. you either get with it or we can go home mm-hmm. um so that's me as a mom I'm very serious, very passionate about it. Um, I feel like every second on the court is either full speeder or not at all. Nice. Well, so. you got me hyped. <laughs> hey, low key, I'm just like I'm about to. I'm just listening. I'm about to use everything that she's telling me right now for well, my kids. Yeah. Your kids are young too, so they yeah. when they get get well, older. Just, like, listening to you, like I said, because I know earlier, you know, we'll get to the training part because I am. <laughs> like, he does the AAU thing. I yeah. am the trainer. Right. So, Jesus. just listening to you, you know, and we'll get to, I know you you had someone talk about the whole training thing. But but listening to you, it's kind of like, yes, yeah, like, like, you're on point. Like, there's a blueprint. And, there like, is. listening to you, 
Like you got the blueprint about taking care of your body. You know what I'm saying? Understanding the burnout. Um, Cause I do have kids that I train, you know, cause I play professionally overseas and of course not the okay. NBA, you know, that's a whole different grind. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so the kids that I work with, some of the things, which is just like what you're saying right now, when I talk to the parents, when it comes to the individual training, is that yes, like don't, I don't want the kids that I work with, if you're forcing them to come here and they're not even going hard. And that's why I take a lot of time with the, the special kids that I have who I don't got to say shit to them. Like, coach, you up 12 mm -hmm. o'clock at night? I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Those kids, like, hey, coach, 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, I'm there. And I, and I do have the kids that, like you said, the attitude and everything like that. Of course, like now that I'm doing the AAU thing, like what you're doing, of course, that's a whole different <laughs> with the parents and and then the kids now who who do respect me. Now they're giving me kind of attitudes because I'm not playing them. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. So that's how it works. Yeah. So just listening to you, I'm just like, okay, okay, I like that. I like that. And I know, of course, with your background and everything like that, like it's it's good to hear to know that, like yes, like it's it's no bullshit. Like oh. it's one percent that make yeah. it. And that's yes. what I preach because there's a lot of coaches, which I respect that, that yes, of course, you play to also to get your college degree. And there's more than life than just basketball, which is true. I'm different. <laughs> I'm looking for the one or two, three kids that are really serious. And that's how just everything that you're saying just kind of like resonates i'm like okay that's i'm getting perfect. hyped over here so. yeah. i like that okay. so keep, keep doing your thing i told you i want to coach they ain't messing yeah. with me they ain't hearing yeah. me but i'm trying to get in these young boys ears mm -hmm. i don't want the high schoolers because i'm a little too sensitive for the talk back and <laughs> it's just uh, you, mom mom yeah, mode will yeah. kick in get you a great group of fourth fifth graders they're always I'm a, yeah mm. i want to grow them like i want to teach court vision and and nice. things like that that these high school boys are just like running gun and mm -hmm. you know, everyone thinks they're Steph Curry. That yeah. shit drives me crazy. Yeah. Hey, I will sit your ass on blame the bench. Steph Curry. What can I say, bro? <laughs> you said you are? I know I said blame Steph Curry, oh, man. Right, that's right. all that's all I can say, man. That's all I say to everything. Blame Steph Curry. That's his game. <laughs> that's his game. It shouldn't be, you know, rules Yo. to live by because that man, his work ethic exactly. ridiculous. He could do whatever he wants. That yep. man works twenty four seven on yes. his game. Like and he makes the shit. Yeah. So yep. that's the difference. Like, he's making it. He's yes. working hard, and, and he knows that his shit's going to go in. Like, the game time is not time to be everybody's at the three-point line with their hand up. Like, one rebounder pass me the ball. So <laughs> I will call timeout and cuss everybody on the court out. Like, that's not... That's not basketball to me. Nice. It's just not, you know, yeah. um, you get too far behind and then you're playing catch up. There's just no basketball being played. And I can't stand to watch kids play that kind of basketball because yeah. they're not there yet. You're right. They're just not there yet. Like they have no vision of the game. They have no vision of what's going on on the court. They don't realize that their teammates need help. They don't realize the importance of rebounds. Like everybody's behind three with their hand up. Like throw me the ball. Hmm. <laughs> the game has changed, no doubt. I um, I wanted to talk more about kind of you in, in terms of kind of um, getting your voice out there and your truth out there. You know, um, I've known you a while, and and you know, I think some people might have that don't know you might have a perception of you. So I kind of wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about it and address it. So people can kind of get to know you because I've I've overall had really great experiences with you. I think some people might perceive because 
of your name because of the stories, the notoriety, or maybe the brief, you know, two percent they see you out cheering your son on at the Matt Barnes Elite game, they might get a misconception of you. So I just kind of wanted you to address that if you if you felt like it. If you didn't want to, you don't have to say nothing to it. Oh no, I'll address it for sure because one thing about me is that people are for sure curious. Um So here you go. Put it out there. Yeah, I don't let people in very much. Um I'm for sure my son's biggest fan and anybody that's watched me cheer knows that I care about all the kids on the court. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing all that I'm doing. I would just throw him on a team if I didn't. But um, my son is my priority, is what I do everything for. So our whole organization is based off of my son winning. Um, I want everybody to win, but I particularly want my son to win. As you should. Not necessarily winning the game, but just winning at the game. You know, Mm -hmm. like I want him thriving. I want him learning. I want him taking in everything and and benefiting from it. So this organization is for him to benefit. And anybody that wants to stick with the loyalty, stick with the grind, stick it out. I hope that these boys, we see them off into college and same school or not compete against each other. Like that's my overall outlook so when you see me cheering on these games first of all we were locked up in quarantine so (laughs) i'm not going to talk about anything quarantine or later but prior to i'm very passionate i am so passionate um i'm so into the game like once the game has started i am so into the game and one thing that drives me crazy about the game is how into the game the refs think they need to be (laughs) so if i get some refs refing this game and all that we notice are the refs and not and not the players and not the game then you can see me out there cussing somebody out because <laughs> I I will only take so much yeah. before I'm like, hey, come on now, you know you're tripping, like chill. Right. These refs like want to be seen, like this has become like, I feel like reality TV. Out well, there. I was going to talk about that too later in the show because it's even it's from the NBA down. Yeah, yeah even the NBA like ref officials. The yeah, the ref yeah. the refing they talked about it especially this year. Um, some I forgot the YouTuber I was looking. He did a great piece on it, but we'll elaborate more on that. But you're absolutely so right. Usually, it's from the top now. So usually my passion will stem from either we're up, we're doing good, we're flowing, everything's hitting, and I'm just so happy and I'm cheering and I'll you'll even catch me cheer for the other team like a good move (laughs) he burn us like I'm cheering for you too like I love to see it like I am just truly a fan of the game like I love the game so you'll see me cheer both ways but you damn sure gonna see me cheer for my son's team absolutely Um, and if the refs start pulling the game away and 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 taking my attention off the game and like Oh, you're tripping. Like, I'm going to tell him he's tripping. So a lot of people. <laughs> That's our nice way of probably, saying it. Oh, that's our nice way of saying it. <laughs> a lot of people have probably seen me check a ref or two or three um, <clears throat> or another mama um, because I, I'm reactive. Mm. I'm reactive. So if there was one word to describe me during a basketball game, it would be reactive. So I'm not an initiator. I'm a fan. Um, but I am very reactive. I'm very passionate. And 
some of these people be tripping. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of entitlement. It's a lot of it's yeah. a lot of you know. Yeah, and so I'm working. I'm really working. I promise you, I'm working on it. But I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. Like, <laughs> um, I I really have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. So I usually will just speak my piece, and um, that's what most people see. I think. Um, but I've gotten a lot better. Good. I've, got, I've gotten a lot better, and I don't think that's ever going to leave me, though. It's hard. I mean, We're if all you a work watched, in progress. We're all a work yeah, in progress. Yeah, if you watch Matt play and you know him in real life, you would know that, like, that's not him. Yeah. Because like, on the court, he's a straight asshole. Like, if I played <laughs> against him, there'd be technicals flying. Like, he is a straight asshole, but it's a role. Like, yeah. You literally, when you love the game that much, like you're so into it, like this is what you need to do to win. Yep. Um, it's, he's a role player, and I'm not a role player. I'm a mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, like I'm very passionate about it. Like I said, you know, I want him serious. Like he works hard. We put a lot of hours into this. We put a lot of money into this. And I'll be damned if somebody's going to tell me something about mine. Right. Mm-hmm. And director or not director like you're going to hear my response to that okay so um outside looking in i don't really care what people think there's nothing wrong with that i just wanted i just wanted you the opportunity to speak your piece yeah i don't really care what people think um and i don't think that i ever will think you're in the right you're in the right room then Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's pretty much how we all (laughs) are so circling back like speaking about your you your upbringing with uh, with Matt and, and um, your family, uh, you know, having a professional relative is something I think we both kind of can relate to. Um, yeah, I made it overseas, but my younger brother made it to the NFL. My cousin made it to the NFL. So I've watched, you know, kind of uh, their careers and how it's, you know, kind of trickled around me. Um, but it is really just really cool being a, a, a courtside fan. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, I'm in the football area, but being in, a, in an arena, cheering your brother yeah. on, watching him play pro football, it's it's amazing. You know what I mean? Or watching your cousin play pro football, it's like, wow, this is really cool. So, you know, you've been there to see the evolution, you know, uh, not only when he just got to the NBA, but from the ground up, right? And, and obviously, what I want to say, even with your brother, he kind of, he was able to find his niche and kind of transcend after the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, because a lot of NBA players, you know, they play, they're done. They either go broke or they burn out or we hear these crazy horror stories about, you know, like if you want to go to like Sebastian Telfair or, you know, Lamar Odom, you know, luckily your brother didn't fall in that trap and he kind of mm-hmm. built his own platform and his own empire. Um, you know what? What has that been like for you watching that transition? And then after you answer that, with your son, do you think any of that expectation is pushed upon him, even though he's obviously not your brother's kid, he's your kid, but do you think some of that affects him in any way, or does he feel like he has to live up to a name or something? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. Um, I don't look to his game for Matt's game. Yeah. Not at all. Everyone's an individual, but I mean, we'll walk into Soldier Town or we'll walk into some of the um, camps or showcases, and they're like, "That's Matt Barnes' nephew." Yeah. What that got to do? Can I say about that? 
Yeah, she yeah. Well, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah. Like, so he's that de- he's definitely you definitely feel like, or like at labeled. least he's felt a target or labeled. He's for sure or labeled. Yeah. He has expectations. Um, I'll I'll say the the best comparison of the two of them is um, they're light skin. <laughs> they're light skin, <laughs> and my baby got green eyes. So. Oh. Um, but um, they're <laughs> mental players. Right. Which is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could kill your game. Mm-hmm. So if your mind isn't right and you're a mental player, you're your, your own enemy. Yeah. And Matt was his own enemy, excuse me, own enemy the first half of his career. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's the local trainer out here, Gus Armstead, mm. changed his shot, changed his perspective, changed his whole game. I mean, he worked with a lot of trainers, but... He really trusted Gus, went to him every summer, and, I mean, came back a shooter. That's a name you hear a lot, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, you know, he came back a shooter, a killer shooter. You know, he became a starter. Um, Matt never had a contract that was more than two years, so every summer he was unemployed. And people don't realize the average NBA career, even for the less than 1% that make it, once you make it, your average is three to four years, and you're done. Now what? 27? 26 years old and your career that you worked your whole life for is done. So 14 years every summer, he didn't have a job. My brother, my brother, Josh experienced the same thing. Cause he's always been a backup quarterback. So he's played on 13 NFL teams, yeah. so but he's always been a journeyman. It. You know, you keep what I mean? making it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you adjust. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if you can't adjust, you're done. They don't yep. need you. If you can't adjust replacement is so easy. Mm-hmm. They got, Hundreds of thousands of people ready to take your spot. Yes. Younger, faster, stronger, without injury, ready to fill in. So, you know, comparing Matt and Jaden, I would say their only similar characteristic besides they run the same and look alike is their <laughs> mental players. Yeah. So to tell a teenager that, like, you're a mental player, you need to get out of your head, I'm struggling with that. It's, it's hard for him to get the right mindset. Like, he... When he's in it, you you really you can't stop my son. Yeah. Nice. When he's thinking about it, you, you can get into his head too easy. Mm. And if someone's in your head, you're out the game. Yeah. So if you're in your own head and then someone else gets in your head, you might as well sit down. Um, you can't allow somebody to run your game. So he's a mental player. Um, so it's about just controlling your emotions. Emotions. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, the court isn't time to practice or try mm-hmm. something out. Like, that's what practice and training yeah. is for. Like, once you're on the court, you don't think about it. You just go. You yeah. got to be on auto. And um, the thinking is, is not for game time. So that's our current thing. But, you know, hearing your mom, <laughs> I'm a mom. Like, regardless you of how I You don't know what you're talking up, about, your mom. Regardless of what I've seen, who I've seen play, what I know, like, I'm a mom. So for me to be like son you got to get out of your head like you Mm -hmm. have a killer shot Mm -hmm. like you have a crossover you you can overpower these kids like Mm -hmm. no shit you're better than most of the people on the court biased opinion i don't think so like when he's on he's on um but getting him to that point it's like you got to trust you got to trust the process so that's what we're we're working on so for me like for listeners right especially those let's just say random dad random mom got their fifth grader 
they're like, man, my fifth grader really has a passion for the game. He says his dreams to play in the NBA, blah, 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 blah. You got to live and see the transition. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to them? Would you say like, you know, like, hey, be ready for your son or daughter to put a lot of hours in the gym. Be ready for them to to invest a lot of time outside of they're they're not going to go to proms. They're not going to hang out with the friends as much or anything. Like, what is your overall uh, uh, vantage point to the, to those listening? I would say that's cute. Okay. That's cute. Um, you don't know at that level. At that level, they love basketball. Yep. Mm -hmm. Let them play basketball. Don't start training them. You let them develop a little bit on their own. Um, they shouldn't be waiting for a trainer. They shouldn't be waiting for the gym. They should be at the park shooting. Mm -hmm. They should be in the garage dribbling the ball. They should, um, they should be initiating basketball by themselves. Yeah, right. If they're not initiating basketball by themselves, they're not going to make it to the NBA. Um, and that's just my True. opinion. The love, it's a different kind of love. Um, it's a different kind of dedication that I've seen. And then being around other NBA players and you like, you know, you start to learn their bio and like how they grew up and what they did. They're, they're a different breed. Like a lot of kids love basketball. Mm -hmm. Tons of kids are good at basketball. A lot are really good at basketball, but there's like the elite few at the top that live and breathe basketball by choice not because their parents can afford to get them a dribbling mm -hmm. coach or get them a shooting coach or get them to the gym or have a membership for them or you know they look the part no it's the kids that do it regardless nice. obsession obsession to me that's like listening to you like i feel like it has to be more than just like you said the even though i am a trainer you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but like I tell my kids, there's 24 hours in a day. If you're with me two to three times, what are you doing with all those other hours? That you know part. what I'm saying? And so when you find the kids who do the stuff without you, mm -hmm. I'm just the guide. You know what right. I'm saying? So I see what you're saying. Like, you got to be crazy. <laughs> well, And trainers, respect to trainers, you're sharpening tools. Mm -hmm. You're teaching them stuff that they don't know. They're kids. Exactly. They don't know. They're raw. Mm -hmm. So to get a raw kid or a kid with, with talent and to mm -hmm. be able to sharpen their skills or like tone in on like what they're good at or correct where they need it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think training should be earned. Like I know we're going to get to that, mm -hmm. but I think it's definitely an, an earned almost like, um, like a reward training mm -hmm. should be a reward. Like, you know what? You're going hard. You're doing good you get a trainer to like sharpen these skills and take you to the next level. Not because we're home on Wednesdays mm. and we can afford training. And I think you should go, or I want you to be in the NBA. Mm. You want to be in the NBA and I want you to be in the NBA. So let me dump all this money into training mm -hmm. and make you an NBA player. Yeah. Well, so between being a mother and a real estate agent and a celebrity, and you know everything else you got going on. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. You, a you, yeah, you, you hood famous. You hood famous. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take hood famous. famous. Roseville you hood, hood famous. Yeah, Roseville okay. hood famous. Roseville hood. Okay. I'm, I'm Rockland hood famous. I'm, okay. I'm Oakland hood famous. Like okay. I, I can live with that. Okay. I didn't say national famous. It's no. all right with being hood famous. I'll be hood. I'll be hood famous. All right then. Roseville. See? So between <laughs> between being all that, you know, um, is there any advice? 
and you kind of been doing it already, but is, you know, before we move on to the next topics and everything, is there any advice you really want to offer out there to those aspiring young athletes, men, women, everyone, you know, like saying, Hey, uh, you know, if you want to play college, this, this is what it looks like. If you want to play pro, this is what it looks like. Cause you actually got to witness it. You know what I mean? So is there any advice you can give out there? Um, there's, there's a lot. Um, well, don't. But don't. I would say the most important thing is um, being self-driven. Mm-hmm. So, well, for one is recognizing your worth. You know, gauging yourself. Um, I'm talking to the players. Uh, gauging yourself against the other players and seeing what their day looks like versus what their game looks like versus what your game looks like. Um, I think you should constantly be evaluating yourself as a player to improve. And if you don't do that or you don't want to do that, go play rec ball. And for parents, (laughs) if your kids aren't doing that by themselves, take them out. Like I pulled Jaden as a mom. I said, I'm done doing this shit. This is I'm spending thousands of dollars traveling you ain't feeling it. I'm not feeling it either. I don't care if this is my organization. We ain't going. So we switched over to the soldiers because I pulled out. I said, I'm done I remember with this. that. I remember that. They, you know, soldiers were eyeing my program. We were doing really well at the time. We were knocking off some of their teams and they're like, you know, respect. Like you guys got a good program going. I said, oh, funny you say that because I'm done. I've had <laughs> enough. This is, I'm done. They're like, oh, okay, really? Hmm. Dang. So they snatched they snatched my program um, somewhat willingly because I really threw my hands up. But they snatched my program and, and my boys from me for one year. And like I said in the beginning, the grass ain't always greener. Um, you know, up and coming is hard. And, you know, hmm. I wasn't ready, but look, we ain't playing. So they're not soldiers. Um Sack soldiers are still here, but my boys are waiting for us to come back. So my advice would be if they don't want it, don't force it. Nice. That's good. That's good advice. So what's your end game um, when Jaden graduates? Do you want to continue this organization if possible? Or do you want to, because obviously a younger boy. So are you thinking of doing, keeping it going for them? I do. Um, my next in line, he, he loves the game. The way Jaden loves the game, probably not. Okay. Jaden eats, sleep, dream basketball, right? So my right. next one, he loves the game. He likes to play. He likes to play with his friends. So AAU, like, I'm going to be honest. Just like you, as a mother, you know your kids are bad. You want to say your kids ain't bad, you're a liar, okay? Mm-hmm. Your kids mm-hmm. are bad. <laughs> so my next in line. Shots fired. Sorry, I had to get that out there. Just so y'all know. Just so, uh, yeah. They don't. They always hear from me and Mark, but sometimes it's nice <laughs> like, to hear right? from a parent. Like, like hey, yeah, your kids suck sometimes. Your kid. Right. So he enjoys basketball, AAU basketball. No, he's not an AAU basketball player. He'd be happy playing rec ball every weekend, improving his skills, enjoying basketball, loving the game, traveling a little bit. AAU, not so much. He doesn't have that desire. Um, but my next two in line, like every child is different. So I think to be able to recognize that and not force him in it just because I have a program, yeah. I'm I'm not a hypocrite. Right. So if I'm going to tell you, hey, he ain't got it, like your kid ain't got it, but I'm okay because my kid... He, he likes rec ball. He's good. 
He likes it, but he wants to hang out. Cool. Put him in rec ball. He's not an AAU player. My two-year-old, I need to send you a video. This <laughs> fool is dribbling. Nice. He's running nice. with the ball dribbling. He's shooting like they're just different. They're like yeah. they're born different. So I have four boys and I have two that are killers on the court. Nice. I have two that will be athletes. Okay. It'll probably be a catalyst to get a scholarship mm -hmm. and and be more into their education than they are into sports, which to me is really exciting because, again, even those that make it, three years. But you might be a doctor, a lawyer, a sports agent. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like what Ted said when he was on our show. Um, you're getting a discount on your education. Right. You're getting a discount on your education. And if right. basketball can get you a discount, Let's, you'll take it. Run it. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So um, I'll use it. I'll use it as needed. All my kids, all my boys are five years apart. So, like, there's a big gap, um, which gives me time to, like, get one in, run them through it, get them out, get them positioned, then the next one's ready. You right. know, like, no one's ever missing out on mom. Um, but as my job, I will use the program to benefit my children. So... If he wants to have fun and, and hoop with his homies and travel locally, I'll have a team for him to do that. Um, and I'll have a competitive team at his level. So that's where the levels come in for the younger kids to me with the new the new age AAU. Yeah. Um, how there's levels to it. There's always going to be teams for us to compete against Absolutely. because it's the new structure. So Competitive rec. That's what I call it anyway, or what I've alluded. It's... There's rec ball and there's competitive rec, which is now AAU, right? And then, right. of course, there's the true AAU, which I would say is the elite top right. level. But, um, you know, if you have a kid that, like you said, is kind of in between, mm -hmm. you know, you put him in the competitive rec side and you yeah. see what happens. Yeah. So, that's wait, so you don't have any girls? <laughs> I have a niece. I, have a, I, I am the girl. I am the family girl. So, oh wow, all nephews. I have one beautiful little niece. Um, there's no girls. Wow, I ain't that is no crazy. Girls. She is a boy maker. <laughs> that, all right, fair enough. I'll get granddaughters. There, there you go. Uh, maybe there you sooner. Go. Maybe sooner than I want them. But like, <laughs> I will have granddaughters, and I'm okay waiting. There you go. I um well. Hey, more power to you. <laughs> you managing it all. So uh, moving on to our hot takes. Um, we got to talk about current events. We got to talk about what's going on. Uh, let's make it very clear. You have four, um, even though you can't see Ty behind the camera, you have four uh, black people sitting in this room. And there is a lot of crazy shit going on in America right now. Now, you guys know I don't try to get super political, but I'm not going to sit here and ignore like... Mm -hmm. Life isn't happening around us, okay? Mm -hmm. um, we're dealing with a pandemic. We're dealing with the George Floyd trial. I don't know if you guys have been watching it a little bit. I have for sure. Um, I appreciate the officers who have crossed the blue, loom, yeah. blue line of silence, yeah. and they've been throwing this motherfucker under the bus. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I don't know if that's you doing it for sure. I don't care. At least you're doing it. Um, necessary. Yeah, but the biggest thing is... Um, you know, there's been a lot that's been happening in these past few weeks. And, you know, it seems like cops are losing their damn minds. You got the death of Dante Wright, uh, the officer. And, again, I'm just going to go over a brief synopsis because I assume most people are listening, have heard what's going on. You have Dante Wright, who the officer mistaked the gun, for, said that was their taser. Stupid. Like, what? And, and which is terrible. Um, 
you had uh, the video of the terrible treatment of an active duty mm, um, uh, Afro-Hispanic officer, Lieutenant Nazario, and which really hits home with me because I'm Mexican, black, and white, so I'm, you know, Afro-Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Chicago kid who got killed, 13-year-old kid killed. Latino kid. Yeah, Latino yeah. kid. Um, Adam Toledo. Literally, the video shows his hands mm-hmm. up. It shows his hands up now yes he had he had it also shows in the video he had a gun but he threw it away he's surrendering mm. and you just shoot him 20 seconds it was like they said 30 15, 20 seconds yeah. 15 seconds yeah just 15 seconds. shot him right in the chest and coincidentally all these officers are white so take it any way you want it or white or maybe the, the, the they i think they tried to say the the officer that maced uh, the lieutenant was Hispanic or whatever like that made much of a difference, but I don't even think he was. No. Um, you know, it's um, it's really unfortunate. Right now, just a few numbers so people understand. You know, since currently right now, and I looked it up, we're sitting at uh, 256 police shootings in 2021. 256 fatal shootings. That's not even counting the mass shootings that are going on right now, right. which is fucking insane. Mass shootings are becoming the norm. I think just wasn't it the other day uh, a FedEx got shot up. Mm -hmm. FedEx got shot up. I work at UPS, bro. Like, I really feel for that. And I'm going to be real. There's 117 employees at UPS right now. Seven of them are women. The rest are men. And there's three black guys. So it is very likely if one of these dudes have a bad day, my day might end up worse. Okay. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> no, I know. It's just you know, a reality. Like, um, yeah, That's let's the, do the numbers. Well, we la- we're laughing because let's do the numbers. we're like, laughing through the pain. This is, right. the, this is the reality we live. And I, and I know you're big like me, Danny, in terms of we embrace, like you're, you're uh, biracial like me. I'm like mixed, he's so, mixed, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's a very interesting spot to be in. Oh, yeah, to hear people explain it off Yeah, explain it away. Yeah. I said, um, let's shoot your cousin or your nephew or your son, and then please call me so I can explain it away. Hmm. Um, How many times can you explain it off? Or they're only pointing out, you know, colored people being killed. Colored people, what? What do you mean? That's what's happening right now. That's not all that they're showing. That is what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Like the excuses, I stopped watching the news because... I am in the grocery store. I'm talking to my neighbor, and everyone is explaining this away. Oh well, he should have. He should have complied, right? That's what I hear all the I time. I said, shoot his ass in the arm. Right? Shoot his ass in the leg. They're like, Just, he should have complied. Like what? Complied, right? Right? Can we tell that to your son that you give time out to? Mm-hmm. And then I saw on the flip side of it, there's all these other crazy videos that have been coming out. Because again, I'm always at UPS watching shit and looking at shit. Like there's this, there was this white dude and it was, the video was fucking hilarious at some point in the truck. Yeah. yeah, he was in a truck like trying to run cops over. Yeah. A cop is on the truck, yeah. right? Saying yeah. stop, stop! Yeah. This motherfucker took off. Nobody they, shoot. They arrested him. They arrested him peacefully. Yes. Explain uh, a black man. They probably took him to Burger he, King too. Right. Hmm. If he didn't shut that engine, he was gonna die anyways. Yeah. At this point, you're. Whatever he, the excuse, you're pulled over because your tail lights out. Like, just scared. To it's such a lose lose situation because, of course, there's going to be, and Twitter's such a toxic place. I have to, that's why I don't be on it too much because mm-hmm. it's such a, like, Instagram and Facebook's lightweight top, but man, Twitter is the worst. And so, um, I, I'm listening, I'm looking at some of the comments, right, from oh, this yeah. man's video, the lieutenants, especially, because they his homes for me. 
because I have a lot of military family. And to see an active duty officer treat it that way, like, I just, it, it really struck a chord with me. And he's literally saying, like, I he, he pulled into the gas station because he wanted to be in a lit area, first mm-hmm. off. The fact that our natural defense is like, I got to get Safety. to where there's light. Yeah, they about to kill me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you're mad at him for that. They come out screaming with their guns up, saying, get out the car. His hands are up, and he's calm as shit. And he's in his uniform, and he's saying, I don't feel, I'm scared to get out my car because you're screaming at me with guns. Mm -hmm. And the guy says, he says a term, and I looked up the history of it. He says, you're about to ride the lightning. So there's some history behind that. Riding the lightning was the uh, term that um, uh, executioners used to use for the electric chair. That's where that comes from. When they say, you're about to ride the lightning. That's what the executioners um, in the penitentiary we use for executing their uh, their inmates. Because I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And you know me, I'm I'm very analytical. So um, that's such a lose lose situation. What, I mean, what do you do with that? What how how him getting maced and beaten up yeah. and handcuffed is the best case scenario? Right. They're hoping. Yeah. He fucked up. Yeah. And he did everything not to fuck up. So da- they didn't get to kill his ass mm-hmm. that night. They mm-hmm. wanted to kill him that night. Mm-hmm. So all these blue lives matter. All of a sudden, he don't matter. Right. Yeah. You don't hear anybody defending him against the wrong. It's like, here's my thing through all the pandemic. And I think being mixed, one way for me to explain it is right is right, period. Yep. And wrong is fucking wrong, period. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you support this person, this group, this organization. I don't care how you feel about it. Once they cross over and they do some dirty shit or something that is just so blatantly fucking wrong, it's time to stop defending them. Yep. If you want to keep defending them, then you feel the same way. I cut so many friends off. I mean, mm. lifelong friends. Like people there for the birth of my kids, for birthdays, for holidays. Like this is not something that I'm willing to disagree on. Like if you want to justify this shit, that you are one of them. And I don't want to group nobody together because nobody is like the other. But if you're going to stand behind some evil shit, you're just as guilty. And and I'm not, my kids aren't coming around you. And I'm going to assume you feel a certain type of way about if not me. Than my brother, and enough, if not my brother, because we're mixed, then my daddy. Mm-hmm. Like somewhere in my close family, you feel a certain type of way about us, and I can't deal with that shit. So, um, I cut, I cut some really important people off because they didn't see any wrongdoing in murder or, you know, unjust treatment or the lunatic president that we had um if they didn't see no wrongdoing and they were supporting and i can vote for him and still be your friend the fuck right man hell no you can't and for those listening because obviously you might not know us personally especially for the people who listen to us out of state um myself i work in i work in a predominantly white area i don't live there but i work there uh danielle she lives in a you know, predominantly white area, sure. and her school, her kids go to school in those areas. And I live in Dixon. Same, same with Mark. He lives in I a live so. In so we're not just saying this because we don't have this lived experience. Right. And again, it doesn't mean that we don't have allies and people who understand and sure. and fuck with us. We really, really do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not putting you guys in that group. 
because I want to get that very clear out there because some people can misconstrue things we're saying in here. But there are, Shannon Sharp said it and he said some, he's said some dumb things recently, but he's, uh, but he did say something that I thought was really cool and profound. He said, if you say I have black friends, you don't have black friends. You just know black people. Okay. If you have to say the term, I have black friends, you don't, you don't have black friends Mm -hmm. because, because you, you don't need to vocalize that. If that's your homie, that's your homie. And you can empathize with what the person that you consider a friend is going through. Yep. So, you know, it's not like we're going to come up with an answer in 10 minutes in this room or this podcast is going to give you guys a big epiphany. But please try to understand that, you know, th- th- there has to be change. And, and it's going to come way one way or another. My hope is it doesn't come through the way of violence. The way it's been coming. Yeah. yeah. But it's like you it might know, have to, low key. It might have right. to. Yeah. They're not they're not they're not changing doing it being peaceful, like it's like oh, how man. peaceful can you be? Exactly. I know, right? You know, exactly. you're cuffed and dying, you're yeah. um you know, you are complying and you're being killed. It's like I'm a woman, so I'm a separate category, but having all males in my life, like our trigger didn't come from nowhere. My dad got a, a really short fuse, a really one, but he does right. Like, he don't mess with nobody. He don't do nothing. But if you pull him over and you're pulling some bullshit, my fear during all of this is, like, he's going to say something back yeah. because he ain't doing shit, but he can't. Whereas, you know, the things that we're comparing it to, if he was white, yeah. he could. Yeah. And so for any color of anybody to not recognize that i'm not saying agree or disagree but to recognize like hey you know what like this is really happening like this is terrible and it's really happening i don't know what to do or what to say stop there like acknowledge that it's happening Um, acknowledge it's happening um acknowledge that it's wrong and and you can stop there but when you continue on and justify something to me that's where you lose me. Yep. I, I don't need justification because you're not brown. You'll never be brown or black. And so for you to justify it from your point of view in your living room with your kids <laughs> living this privileged life, because it is privileged at this point, because you can behave differently. You can act a certain way without repercussions that a brown or black person cannot act. You are privileged. So a lot of people don't like to be called privileged out here Mm. or really anywhere. Like I'm not privileged. I work hard. It has nothing to do with working hard. We all work hard. I hope we all work hard has nothing to do with earning your shit. It has to do with the fact that you can behave a certain way and, and continue living your life Mm. versus somebody else doing the same exact thing as you and jeopardize losing their life over it from those that are supposed to protect and serve. So please don't justify this shit to me. Um, and if I hurt feelings, I hope that your hurt feelings change your, your, your thought process because yep. somebody needs to hurt your feelings that we don't need an explanation why it was okay. Yeah. Because well. if somebody kills my son, I don't know how these mothers or families are holding it together. I'm going to burn this shit down because mm. um, I know my son ain't doing shit to deserve it. And these people are like moving with grace and forgiveness and i don't as a mother understand how yeah how well it's good you got it out there because it needs to be said yeah 
Switching gears, um, obviously that's a tough topic, but we need to get it out there. So, you know, if that's the part you want to skip through through the show, feel free. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it. Um, but moving on to the NBA, um, just obviously a lot of crazy, good, bad, everything in between stuff's been going on with the league. And, and of course, as fans, we love it because, uh, uh, like, we're all, you know, passionate about hooping here. So it's yeah. not like we don't watch the NBA and – March Madness was great, and uh, shout out to um, uh, Stanford Women's because they they held it down. Baylor, right? Oh. Baylor, they beat Gonzaga. It was funny. Did y'all see that meme where they said uh, Baylor was that AAU team full of brothers that uh, <laughs> that Gonzaga yeah. couldn't handle? Yeah. That shit yeah. was funny as hell. So you know, shout out to you guys. You you um, <clears throat> saw some amazing college basketball because I'm a fan. But circling back to the NBA. Definitely wanted to talk about Kevin Durant and his attacks on uh, the media. Um, just you guys can feel free, obviously, jump in as always. Um, my take on it is I don't think he's wrong in terms of defending himself. I know some people look at it like, oh, he's so mentally weak. Jordan wouldn't do that. Kobe wouldn't do it. It's like, okay, yeah, that's true. But he's the type of dude that can be on Twitter for seven hours and still drop 35 on your head. So if it works for him, who gives a shit? But yeah. is he wrong inherently for calling out some of the shit he sees? No, I don't think he's wrong because as a man, and I know – for most people who know me and listeners who know me, I'm very much a proponent of that. Hey, if you got a problem with me, let's talk face-to-face. -face. Hey, if you got an issue with me, let's handle it right here on the spot. If you want to talk about me on a public platform, I'll tackle you with it on a public platform. Mm -hmm. Like, I ain't got no issue with it. You, what do you guys think? I think it's a personality thing. I feel like either way, like, he's not wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like for for anybody to 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 reach out or 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 if somebody's talking shit to him and respond, but of course at the end of the day, then you can look at look at it from the other side of just being above it, being a professional athlete. You know what I'm saying? So I say like it's a personality thing. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say that he's sensitive. Like I said, like some people are just like, oh hell no, like you gonna say this about me over Twitter or over Instagram, knowing that you won't say this to my face, and so. Him like the whole him and Michael Rappaport thing. Yeah, like, oh, like, that was like crazy. that was kind of crazy. You and know, then Shannon Sharp, obviously, he's been getting into it with him recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, I mean, you know, for Rappaport to kind of show everybody the DMs. Yeah, you know that what was saying? so petty. That was kind of stupid. That was so petty and like, soft yeah, to me. Like that was that was he was being a. Bitch and of course, that. they're like, oh well, he's talking. He brought my wife into it. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but you know, still don't need to <laughs> handle it. Public. I, this is the question. I, I I think I'm asking the question that some people think and just won't say, or maybe they say it on their own. Show. It. But do y'all think Kevin Durant could fight? I really wonder. I don't know. Man. I don't know. I, he doesn't <laughs> look like a fighter's frame to me, but you know, because I'm gonna be real. Usually, the taller, the yeah. most tallest guys, especially in yeah. um, it, it's a in, in boxing, <laughs> and I just noticed because I used to box. So shorter fighters are typically better fighters because mm -hmm. they have more control of their body. Their mm -hmm. body is just less awkward. The nervous system smaller. Mm -hmm. You know, they usually can fight better overall. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine oh, no. <laughs> seven-foot skinny Kevin Durant really squaring up with, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if he got hands or not. I don't know. What what, what you think you think know. he could fight? I don't know, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so, but, I mean, he got that reach. I don't know. He got the reach. If he catches you, he, yeah, he don't right. need to know how to fight. If he catches you but first. do you, but do you think there's a lot of power behind that punch? I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, see exactly. I don't know. It depends on what's in you, though, because true, true. I mean, my brother's tall. People test him all the time because he's that's team true. light skin. But, but I've I've met your brother. He's like 
we're around the same height. I want to say he's like an inch or two taller than me, mm-hmm. but like, you know, and we're kind of that same thinner athletic mm-hmm. frame. But Kevin Durant's like, yeah, well, he's, he's like, I feel like if he played. He's like 6'11", <laughs> featherweight. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know how much power is behind that punch, but hey, no knock on the man. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't fight, KD. I'm just saying, dude, one day you might have to knock somebody out just mm. to get that point uh, across. Sometimes sometimes a good ass whooping gets the point across. Right. You know what I'm saying? For, hey, you Look, know, I can speak from experience. Yes, yes. Um. So, okay, so him responding. Can I just do like a grand overview of that? Sure. People forget they're human. Yeah. I don't care how much money they're getting paid. Like, how much disrespect do you think a grown-ass man is going to take True. before he responds? Like, is he a grown-ass man to just take it all in? I mean, if he's on these platforms on a regular basis, which, I mean, he's younger. He's not young, young, but mm-hmm. these are our times, so we're on here. And so they're human. Yes. Yeah. I mean, human instinct, he's a competitor, he's you know, all these things that make him as a male more aggressive. So, of course, he's going to respond. And he's allowed to. I, I told, I'm a big proponent of the First Amendment. Literally, I'm using it right now to create right. this podcast. I don't think he's wrong for us talking back to these guys and kind of checking them. Me, personally. I wanted to go to the other, another, the other big guy on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and just mainly because it was very interesting to me. Because not only, I, I kind of observed from the outside. So, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, obviously in the game against the Lakers, he got kicked out because Schroeder. Uh, Schroeder called him nigga, mm-hmm. and he obviously took it a whole nother way. Um, I'll just say this quickly. I don't have a problem with the word nigga, but I grew mm-hmm. up with it. I understand mm-hmm. if one of my friends do, then I respect that fact. Um, but do I overall think, like, it's something we shouldn't say and it should be out of our culture? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't. I grew up in it. So sometimes nigga describes some of my friends very well <laughs> just sure. be honest with you i, I have it's some niggas action. who are friends i'm just being honest <laughs> with you so you know it, it I, but so um this is my interesting take with Kyrie though um when you sign a contract and again i'm not discrediting what he goes through or any nba player goes through but when you do sign a contract you are signing an obligation you are, and, I, and I'm looking at it from the perspective of my brother and Marshawn, um, my cousin. Like, if you sign that contract, you are saying, I am going, I'm going to get paid X amount of money to fulfill X amount of games. Mm-hmm. And that's just the base. I mean, let's take all the feelings and who's involved. In that. If I sign a contract and someone says, I'm going to pay you X amount of money for this service, should I have my money taken away if I'm not fulfilling that service? Mm. You know, that's how I kind of look at yeah. Kyrie as an interesting case study. I don't think he's wrong for everything he's doing. Yeah. If he needs mental time away from the game, he needs mental time yeah. away from the game. But it does get to a logist with this day and age. And especially I did. I watched it. I watched a YouTuber that actually compared it. I want to say I think it was Rusty Buckets. He compared uh the 1990s and the 2000s to the 20 um to now the 2020s and whatnot Mm -hmm. this is the most error in basketball uh at least the last five years where you have players missing games Mm -hmm. um the load management thing the you know my body's too tired the injury thing this is the most we've had where players are missing games um do you think players should lose money for losing games because technically they're not fulfilling their contract 
You know what I'm saying? You're because you do have to look at it from the view of the spectator. Yeah. Because ultimately, they're the ones, right, that fund oh, all this. Sure, have shown up to a game and, and the stars not playing for because you don't feel like it. But Wouldn't that's the time. Of, that's the time of our era right now. Like yeah. people yeah. are gonna take advantage. Uh, we're coming, becoming more informed on what you can and can't do. Everyone else is doing it. You know, like we're that generation where everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Um, this is happening. Why not? But as a fan and a person that loves the game, yes, I think that if you're abusing it mm-hmm. and, you know, people are paying good money, buying tickets in advance to come and see you play and you're going to sit out. Yeah, you should lose money. Especially in a time of COVID when we know this is the most unemployed the country has ever been in history. Like this isn't, this is past the depression. Mm -hmm. So people understand there, we, the people in this room are lucky enough to have an income, be able to take care of our families and do that. There are a lot more people out there that don't even have that, you know, and if someone in that blue collar person is spending their hard earned money to come watch you play. And even now that they're limiting the fans, right. right? Or even paying for cable, paying for Hulu sports, ESPN, like whatever they're, they're financing you to watch you play. Yeah. And you just say, I don't feel like it. Yeah, God, yeah. I don't feel like that paycheck then. That right. paycheck yeah. shouldn't come to you because I mean, I don't think NBA's elite. You're, yep. you're getting millions of dollars to play. That's the key word to play. So you're playing for millions of dollars. If you don't feel like playing, but you got to cough up some of the that money. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when you feel like playing again, get your money. Yeah. But the, I don't think there should be any sick days. Like if you're not on the injured list, yep. you're not, you know, recovering. You're not any of those things and you're not playing. You don't get sick days. Yeah. I don't. I don't agree. agree with that. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Any take on it? No. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with Danny. Like unless you're injured. Unless you're fined or suspended, you know what I'm saying? Like, or okay, if the coach is just not playing you, you can't just be like, I'm not showing up without giving a reason. Um, just because, again, like, you know, I know Kyrie growing up, that was his dream to play in the NBA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, what kind of example are you showing to these other kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, again, like I, said, I know it's a different generation. We don't know what he's going through per se, but then, yeah, you got to take, you got to, Take some money away from him. Like, you got to, you know what I'm saying, deduct out of his pay. I know it ain't going to hurt him, but still, like, to show, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 to, for, for, for the next generation that you can't just leave a job. Absolutely. You know There's consequence. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all have consequences. I don't feel like working. I don't get a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why should it be any different? If anything, they should need to work harder. I mean, millions yeah. to play. Millions. Yeah. To play no, a game. You got to suck that shit up, mental or not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mental or not, you need to suck that shit up and play. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I um, uh, I wanted to talk about the refing uh, in the NBA because I watched this one YouTuber. I know I talk about YouTubers all, but I do. I watch a lot of fucking YouTubers. <laughs> uh, this one guy talked about, um, and he showed historical statistical analytics. Uh, refing has always been bad in the NBA. Actually, refing is the worst professional officiated uh, uh, sport in all of professional sports. NBA? NBA is the worst ref one. Statistically, worse than football, worse than soccer, and FIBA is corrupt as fuck. But, like, we're worse than them. Mm-hmm. And, again, it becomes down to, um, like, like what you were talking about uh, with uh, emotions, right? The refs wanting to, like, I guess, feel a part of the game. and part of it. And all this stuff. And, and. I don't know, man. I feel, and it just, again, watching it and watching how bad it's been this year, 
it's going to get to the point where a player is going to put hands on a ref. Mm -hmm. It really is. I'm and just that's, glad my brother retired. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm right. I'm so glad he done paid so many fines, but the ref <laughs> was next on his list. He done knocked Damn. a few coaches over. Right. He, you know, fans. I'm just, a ref was next. Yeah, so. because cause it's even worse, I want to <laughs> say now, because you have so limited fans and everything. Like, you really can hear everything For now sure. you know what i mean and some of these officials are so sensitive and it's so mm -hmm. and it's like i feel like they pick officials who never actually played basketball mm. it'd be like some five three white dude i'm like why is he official like just angry as yeah shit. like like you know it's not fair black man i hate you tech <laughs> like you know what i'm saying that's where it feels like regardless if you are and and even the brothers out there some of them you could tell they probably got cut from every jc they tried <laughs> right. you know what i'm saying it's yes. like it's not about you. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I think I've seen, what was the one? Uh, they kicked uh, Dwight Howard out uh, uh, for he, bumping into um, Montrez I What? Yeah. Come on, let that go. It's abuse of authority. You yeah. know, that's and camera the, time, that's face time. Yeah. And the cold part is refs don't get fined. Refs don't, don't, no, refs really? get no penalties. Uh. I'm telling y'all, I research this crazy shit all the time for uh. this show. And no, refs don't get any penalties. That makes sense, though, because they be wilding. Like, you start cutting their fucking checks. Right. Mm, I guarantee right. some of these refs, some uh, of these are calls. They gonna let them play different. more. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, fuck that. I'm letting them play. Mm -hmm. Or I'm telling you, one of these players, it's going to take one. It's it's going to be one. It's going to be one that's going to just say, I give no fucks. Mm -hmm. right. It's going to knock one of these dudes out. Because keep in mind, and this is what you, you uh, people, if you haven't been to NBA games, you need to understand these are very big athletic people. They are not normal size people. I know you guys see Steph Curry and you're like, oh, he's tiny Steph Curry. Steph Curry's 6'3. Six, 6'3. Three. Six, three. He's 6'3. Six, he's not tiny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Clay Thompson is not small. He's 6'8. Mm -hmm. Kobe, God rest his soul, is 6'7. Mm -hmm. Like, please try to understand these are not average size people oh, these are freaks of nature and they're dealing with average size referees <laughs> if they hit one of these dudes i feel like they show the most restraint ever because Absolutely. they know they like i will kill this guy yeah but refs please try to do better in the league if this ever got to somebody please try to do <laughs> try to hear me out and do better it's ego at the end of the day it's an ego thing for sure and especially when you have a whistle like that's power yeah so of course like i mean athletes have egos too but you can control a game. You can control a game. Yeah. We got it yeah. in AAU. Yeah. yeah. Like, bro, we shouldn't even notice you. Like, right. Call the game. Yeah. We are not here for you. Oh, I, had, I got a tech in the crowd. That was the funniest <laughs> shit. Really? I said, wait, who does that go to? Because that's I'm not crazy. on the it, team. I, I'd be fair. What? That's something you and Jody got in common. Don't. She did that for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I know y'all not necessarily the biggest fans of each other, but y'all got that in common. No, you know, just recently, I became I became not really a fan of her recently. Okay, um, it was all love until I realized that it wasn't mutual no more. Who's Jody? I don't know who Jody. One Jayden, of his parents. It's one, one of my oh, parents. Okay. Okay. Started mom, off yeah. on our team. Okay. Yeah, cool. Held okay. my babies as yeah, newborn. Yeah. Sat together. Traveled together. Cool. Okay. On your team. Cool on your team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one day you guys circle back and are cool. But if not, I totally get it. You know, I'm I'm good either way. Like uh, no. I don't sweat people. I'm not tripping. <laughs> um, I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, then I want to talk about. Um, we're in a really interesting time right now. Uh, AAU and high school are at the same time right now, and mm -hmm. I always alluded to it the previous shows. If you guys have listening. 
there was always going to be a tug of war at some point, and some high school coaches are going to get it down with it, some are don't. Just a little quick things out there for those who are listening, because I know some people tell me they learn a lot from my show, so let me give you guys a quick update. Uh, D1s and D2s are kind of restricted right now uh, because of their live periods and things like that, but they are still happening. Let me make that very clear. D2 kind of has free range to evaluate, but they don't have time to recruit. D1s kind of actively can't recruit. They can evaluate, which means they can watch baller TV and watch your kid hoop, but they can't go to the games and like actively come up to your kid and recruit. You know, if they got caught up, that would be really detrimental to them. Division threes, NAIAs, and JUCOs, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They can talk to your kid. They can recruit your kid. They can call them right now. So just that's more information for you parents who are trying to figure out and maneuver, like, how is this all happening? The live periods are still in effect. Most of them will be happening, um, what's the month after June? July. They'll be um, in July, right? That'll be when the live periods are really kicking into effect. I believe... Most high school basketball will be done by June, I want to say, if not the next month, the end of next month, most of it. Some Mm -hmm. teams are doing 10 games, some are doing 15. I know the coach at Oakmont, he's trying to do 30. He's trying to do 30 games in two months. That's burnout. That is insane to me. And the cold part is there are still some active live period stuff going on. I'm taking my high school team down to Oakland, and I have nine colleges coming to look at my kids play. Uh, shout out to you coaches who've been talking to me and, and I have great relationship with UC Santa Cruz, Cal State East Bay, Holy Names, Menlo, Cal Maritime, Contra Costa. Like, I can go on. They're all coming to watch my boys play. However, some of the high schools have games. Mm-hmm. And that's tough because I am kind of having to tell my kids, look, you got to make a choice. You have these nine colleges coming ready to watch you play. They're not coming to fucking, mm-hmm. you know, Rockland High to watch you. They're not coming mm-hmm. to uh, uh, Wood Creek. They're not coming to Antelope. They're not They're not coming. They're going to be here at Soldier Town in Oakland on Saturday to watch the U play. Yeah. If your high school game is at 2 o'clock and this AAU game is at 2 o'clock, you got a choice. I'm not going to tell you which one to choose, but you got to decide. You know, I was just curious your guys' thoughts on all that. I'm with you, bro. I'm I'm actually going through some drama right now. Like I said, you know, like I said, I just started doing the AU thing, and I told you we're going to Arizona for the West Coast Elite uh, Spring Little Showcase 2030. Shout out to Ryan Silver and Jake for yep, West Coast Elite because yep, yep. uh, they do a great job. West Coast Elite is the biggest program in California. Just yep, throwing that out there. Yep. And and so I already got some of my kids telling me right now that yo, coach, and I'm not going to say the high schools, <laughs> but you know. Hey, coach, my coach is saying that I can't play if I go. Or, hey, coach, um, I can't. I'm going to have to miss, like, two weeks or a week if I leave out of state or whatever. And then, so, of course, with me, like I said, like, I'm, I'm new to this, you know, because I've been doing the training thing. And so, in my mind, just like what you said, nobody, and you know some of my top guys, like, yeah, who yeah. are striving to get scholarships, who are yes. killing. Ain't nobody coming to Vacaville to recruit. Ain't nobody coming to Dixon to recruit. So it's like we are out here traveling, trying to play the best teams, and your high school coach is giving you ultimatums where, wait a minute, like are you – because I know some of these high school coaches that that I know that are with my players, you know what I'm saying, whether they hear me or not and they know (laughs) who they are. It's like what have you been doing for my guys? Where at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not even a high school coach and necessarily – I'm not necessarily – a coach because i'm just doing it because of the development of my players but it's like i've been putting in work 
to try to get these kids looked at, get the exposure. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to build connections now because I'm out here, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, how are you telling, like, I hate it when one of my kids, or a couple of my kids are like, yo, coach, like, I can't because, and I kind of want to be like, yo, you should play with me. So I, I, actually, that's <laughs> right, like, but you don't. I don't know. You know what right, I'm saying? Like, what yeah. should I say? Like, right, do, just, do I you do that? Leave it, like, nah, I my suggestion: know, you just leave it on them, and you yeah. got to let them decide. Yeah. You really do because yeah. you don't want to influence a kid know, either way, know, and it's tough because in yeah. your mind you want to say like, yeah. "Dude, are you fucking kidding me? You're gonna yeah. play right. this local ass tournament for." Yeah. It's a 10-game season. Who gives a shit? Like, right. you know it what I'm saying? It doesn't even count. It don't yeah. count. Um, best interest should be in mind. Like, a kid shouldn't have to choose. So these coaches mm. need to understand how much these boys, especially the older ones, have missed out on opportunity. Yes. And the fact that they currently can't give them that opportunity. They can't do it. It Best interest or not, like, these mm-hmm. high school coaches can't do that right now. Um, so... I mean, to me, it comes down to best interest. Of course, the coach don't want to lose by having their players gone, but don't you want your players to go to the next level? The seniors Because, I mean, all bullshit aside, it's a reflection of you of where your players end up. Yep. So if you're his coach, you should want him to end up somewhere great, or it's just about you, and it's just at the local level. So I'm struggling, and I'll say the high school's name. I'm struggling with Wood Creek Mm. right now, their whole program. I mean, growing up in basketball, and you guys know how I feel about the best are your competitors. Mm-hmm. Like, the best people should be on the court. Yeah. They're running some bullshit over there, <laughs> and I will call them all the way out. Yeah. The coach knows how I feel. I know as a mother, I, I don't need to go there. But as a lover of the game and someone that has seen people go on to do great things, they're on some straight bullshit. <laughs> Like, and I don't care who feels a certain type of way about it because deep down they know they're on some bullshit, you know, so feel how you want to Wood Creek. Mm. Uh, You You heard her, man. You heard it. No, it's true. It's true, man. It's, um, it's one of those things you really got to parents. My advice to you, kids, my advice to you, you really got to make some tough choices. And Mm -hmm. I wish I could tell you which is best. You really just got to judge your scenario and, and, and where you're at. And most, I would like to say, the varsity coaches that understand the game, that understand what's best for their kid, not their program, they'll be okay. They'll get, they'll be fine. Yeah. The ones who don't, you're in a tough spot, and it sucks. I'm not saying it's easy. All I can do is, as the AU director, coach on my side, is – Say, look, this is the opportunity. Um, if I got six guys going, guess what? Those six guys get looked at by the colleges. Mm-hmm. That's all I can. That's all yeah. I can do. That's all I can do. Um, you know, and and that's fine with me. Like you know, because yeah. it's not about the win or loss. The coaches just want to see my kids because they trust my judgment. They're like, hey, you've sent us good kids in the past. We want to see what you got. You know what I mean? And, and so you know, my advice, parents, kids, again. Do what's best for you. And it might piss your varsity coach off. Varsity coaches, sorry, not discrediting what you do. But it's a weird time. And you got to adjust just like we got to adjust. Right. It is what it is. Um, I wanted to talk to you about that, Mark, about your uh, traveling this weekend. Is this yeah. uh, first First, going to be the first time. We've been doing a lot of local stuff. Yeah, you know I know. What I'm saying? Um, you guys excited? I mean, you Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited just because, like I said, um, me and Danny are veterans in this shit. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I miss it. So. I miss yeah. travel. I do. I miss travel. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, no, nah, um, have fun with it, man. You know, yeah. 
expect the unexpected and mm-hmm. something's always going to go wrong some kid's going to fucking mm-hmm. forget his shoes or his socks or his <laughs> yeah, jersey yeah. or some dumb shit but yeah. it really is a fun experience man i mean like i said for for me again like the whole reason why i, I don't know if we were going to talk about the whole training thing but I kinda, we are oh I, absolutely, I, I kinda absolutely. Wanna, like so where i come from like wh- why i started doing the au thing again like i'm not I'm not trying to build GGT into like the next big AU program. For me, like I'm 110% about skill development and mental performance. So what I do, what I've been doing, why I did it, because of course I, I didn't know that we were going to have high school basketball. Right. So right. that was one of the reasons me why. Neither. Yeah. The kids <laughs> that I work with, that I train with, that was my avenue. Like the, the shit that we work on in the lab. I am going to put you in those positions when we play it. We know the politics and the favoritism. When they go to the I'm training a kid how to work on their game, knowing that, okay, at your high school, they're going to throw you in the post. But at the next level, you're going to become a wing. Yes. You know, we work on those things. So in my part, playing, doing the AAU stuff, us going to West Coast Elite thing, like there's going to be some killers out there. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just playing at hardwood no more. We're not mm-hmm. playing at courtside. So for me, it's separating the real ones. That if you're going to go out here, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to put you in position. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got green light. We going all the stuff that we've been working on and everything like that perform. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like I'm excited and I know that the kids that are going to be coming with us uh, on April 23rd, 25th, this is their time to shine. You know what I'm saying? And so again, like I said, with, with everything that's going on with high school and everything like that, I'm hoping that uh, I will have the kids that, like what you were saying. There are some kids that I know that, yes, if they're going to come, they're going to come. And I know the parents are going to pay for the flights and, and, and even the fees. But at the end of the day, I'm going to play the kids that I know that have been putting in the work who actually have a chance. You know what I'm saying? So so that's kind of where I'm at right now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Arizona. Low-key, get a little vacation from the family and stuff like that, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's always the fun side of it. So... Let's go into respectfully disrespectful. Before we talk about the training aspect, I wanted to give one thing clear, and this is just kind of me on a sidebar. Um, uh, Some people might think, uh, I guess because of my episode, Dwayne, that I got some type of issue with uh, Coach French or Whitney or, you know, varsity coaches. Like, I don't have any issues with Coach French. Me and him are really good. Like, we're solid. Like, we left on, I left Whitney on overall good terms. I didn't want to leave, but I left on good terms. The reason I had to leave is because of the pressure from all the other coaches bitching about me being at Whitney. So, let me make that very clear. Me and Coach French, the varsity coach, are solid. We're good. Like, I respect the fuck out of that man. He respects out of me. I learned a lot. It's just, I chose. Because I'm only the JV coach, I'm not going to put added stress on myself. I got the added stress of, of running YBA, running the elite program, m- maintaining this gym, being the director, because Ken G is all the way fucking out. He's a real estate agent now. So, you know, it's like I I didn't need the added pressure of being a JV coach at Whitney and having seven different coaches report me to the CIF because somehow I'm influencing kids to go to Whitney. I don't. I don't tell kids where to fucking go to high school. Oh. I don't. Yeah, that was a big thing I was dealing with. I don't care where kids go to high school. Like, if they go to Whitney, great. If they don't, great. I'm still going to coach them in AAU. Like, you know, Taylor at Rockland High, congratulate. Like, you should be happy. The last five or no, the last three years, legitimately, all your best players have been coached by me. 
So while you hate me so much at Rockland High, I've produced or at least influenced some of your best athletes at your school. Shit. Uh, you mentioned Wood Creek. Hibs at Wood Creek. Last year at the motherfucking, his starting seven were all kids I coach. Carson and Emmert. LJ, Le- Le- Les Brunner, Dane Johnson, who was the MVP of their league, mm. Kobe Winscott. Mm. Like, I can go on and on. I literally coach your best kids. And, th- I mean, coached them since fourth grade and trained them since fourth grade. So you all should be thanking me, you assholes, like, if you want to be honest. So I just want to get that straight. Me and Coach French are cool. Me and Whitney are cool. Turn the page, move on. I'm not coaching high school this year. I'm kind of sitting out, sitting back, reevaluating. I am getting recruited by a lot of different high schools that want me to coach freshmen, JV, whatever. But I don't influence shit. So I just want to get that shit out there so we can move on from that. Now, what I did want to talk about was you and the training thing. You yeah. said you wanted to talk about trainers, and I think that's a pretty interesting topic, especially because me and Mark are both trainers. Mm-hmm. And you know as well as I do this training world. There's, so there's the AAU basketball world, and then there's the training world, which right. is totally super separate. different and competitive mm-hmm. in itself. Totally separate. So it's like I'm curious your thoughts and your voice on well, that. So my man's a trainer too. Um, okay. So I'm finally getting that perspective on it as well. Um, besides being a parent and, you know, directing our club. Um, But, I mean, really, all my thoughts and feelings, they're my thoughts and feelings, but they're all based off of what I told you guys I think a player should be. Mm -hmm. So I think training should be a reward. I don't think it should be something that you send your kid to just to send him to it or you want him to be a good player. Like, training is for people that are doing it on their own, you know, take their game to the next level by rewarding them with a trainer to sharpen their skills, to, you know, elevate their game. Um, I see a lot of parents drop their kids off that can't dribble, (laughs) can't shoot, can't defend. But here you are weeks, months, years on end with a trainer. Um, having fun which is great um you know have fun um i just feel a certain type of way so as far as me and my kids go Jaden hasn't had a trainer because he's gone through a phase where he wasn't putting the effort in so quarantine um changed our lives um single mom four boys i was working three jobs i was working at ups Mm -hmm. i was working at a steakhouse i'm a realtor i was making shit work so quarantine happens, everything shuts too down. Too big, too black. That's basically what it was. Okay, <laughs> right, so, you know, quarantine happens, and, and he still wants these things from me. And I'm like, son, I'm busting my ass. Um, the effort ain't there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, it ain't happening. Here's here's my move on, on your game from here on out. You're, you're not a baby no more. I had this talk with him. You're 15. Um personally from what i see you don't want it the way that you should want it and i know this is like personal and not share but maybe it'll help another parent another kid Mm -hmm. i said you don't have the hunger that matches what your dreams are Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna tell you right now you're not a baby no more i'm not gonna sugarcoat the shit no more either you want it and you're gonna go after it yourself or you're not gonna get it i'm not gonna tell you that you have practice i'm not going to tell you that you need to go work on your game i'm not going to tell you shit no more i'm not signing you up for shit i'm not introducing you to shit 
this all on you. You're damn near grown. You got a couple years left at my house. If you're not on it on your own, I can't help you no more. And shit, I'll be damned. That little boy started waking up early in the morning, hitting the gym in the morning, eating more. He's skinny as hell. (laughs) Eating, you know, eating more, eating stuff he doesn't like, doing what he's not, you know, doing things that he's supposed to do and telling me, Mom, I'll be back. Nice. Mom, I'm going to the gym. Mm. Mom, I'm going to shoot now. Mom, I'm going to train now. Mom, I'm hitting the field. So he got to do football for the first time. I'm like, if the dedication's there, like, football's not safe if you're not on your shit. Yes. You know, basketball, you might get away with slipping. Football, yeah. I'm sorry, no. Yeah. So you either get on your game or, or you don't. And so his sophomore year this year was his first time playing football. Right. And they pulled him up to varsity. Hey. Yeah, so from like your social media, looked like he was doing yeah, well. Like you know, it's in our it's in our genes, but like the drive, like yeah. I can't I can't give you my fire. Like Coach Dwayne is like, damn, I wish Jaden had your fire. Like, you act like you want to get on the court. I'm like, shit, if I could, I would. Like, <laughs> I can't give you my fire, son. Like I have tried to give you my fire, and like I know you love the game, but like if you're not hungry for it, we'll find something else to do. Absolutely, forget basketball. Forget it all. Like, if, if you don't want it, I don't want it no more either. And a light went on. Like, she really ain't fucking with me. I'm like, no, I'm really not fucking with you. If you're not, if you're not, I'm not. And I'm good with it. I love you. I'm good with it. Let's pursue something else. I think that speaks to, um, again, like we talked about before the show, the business model of trainers, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, if you're, and it's, and it's tough because you do got to kind of got to find a balance, especially if you're a trainer, who has your own facility or whatnot, where I would say like Mark benefits is he, he uses outdoors a lot. He uses the park a lot and Mm -hmm. has used it since COVID. So he can really find the kids who are really, really passionate about it. it, Right. Mm -hmm. If you are kind of like in the boat that I'm in, well, to be fair, I'm kind of, I want to say I am and I'm not because training doesn't keep the lights on here. It's the AU, right? Mm -hmm. It's the AU side that keeps the lights on here. But to be fair, we do have like a introductory general training program for kind of like, yeah, you know, the beginner kids. But, you know, if you're a trainer out there, you do got to you kind of got to find that balance between the kids that are passionate. Right. And then obviously getting your price point. Right. Making your money because you do got to make a living. Yeah, you know sure. what I'm saying? So, you know, I, my advice to you guys is uh, know who you are, know your end game, know your goal. And, and go after it you know mark has a very clear goal right. for his boys and i right. think that's what helps guide him you know what i'm saying i for me um i, I always i call it purpose right purpose and goal mm-hmm. the the goal is to win the purpose is to uh um get better right yeah. the purpose is to to grow right yes. you yes. know what i mean so it, it really comes down to you got to figure out your purpose and your goal once you figure that out, life gets a little easier. Um, the only, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was circuits are opening back up, uh, like the EYBL circuit. I think the Adidas circuit, they're trying to open back up and do their own things. Um, I kind of think COVID has shown, and I think I talked about it last, yeah, I talked about it with Dwayne when he was here. Um, I think the shutdown kind of showed the circuits aren't necessarily the big deal you know what i mean anymore because coaches at this point are kind of like shit we'll go to any tournament at this point because we don't you know i mean like yeah the uybl stuff's great but 
who gives a shit? You're playing in Phoenix just like they're playing in Phoenix. Right. Like, it doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Because the circuit was was unique because it gave you these unique tournaments that only they could go to, right? Right. Well, but when everything shut down, we're all in the same place now. Yeah, I think it leads back to the all-inclusiveness again, yeah. where everybody gets to play. Right. So, you know, everybody is creating their own stuff, and, and it's not bad. You yeah. know, like, they're legit. We... We're there, you know, um, they're legit tournaments. But, yeah, so the bigger names like Adidas, like that's what I grew up watching. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. Mm -hmm. So this was all it was it was an adjustment for me to um, take the kids to things that weren't on that level. Right. Um, I had to, you know, people had to explain it to me like it's not that serious. I'm like, <laughs> but it is. Yeah. But okay, I understand why you're saying that. Like the way that things are set up and the way that we move now, like it's competitive, wreck. It's competitive. It's it's good enough. Um, but I would like to get back to that level. I'm not gonna lie. Like I would <laughs> like to have my high school boys. I would like to have a team or two that are solid that are in the Adidas. Yeah. You know, we're down at Mamba Academy. Um, we're competing against the best of the best, and I think Sac has a lot of. Sack and the Bay, like combined, mm. we have some Northern, really good athletes. I think Northern California is looking really good. We this got year. some really good athletes, and yeah. so to put a team together of some dogs from here to represent Northern Cali, like we have it. So I yeah. want it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. You can get some good competition other places, but I, I want in. Um, that's my goal. Nice. My goal is to have a team on that level. All right. Still. Well, I want to move into. Okay, so this is not a good fit. Got to talk a little bit. Give me a minute or two and let's talk about it. So today on my sixth grade elite team, had a, a parent had his kid quit because he said I was an aggressive coach. You knew I was a fucking aggressive coach when you first saw me. <laughs> Why are you acting like this shit brand new? Everybody know Chris Collins, YBA, is one of the most aggressive, loudest motherfuckers in the gym. Ain't no clue to that. Ain't no ain't no doubt to that. So sit here and stop acting like it's different. The cold part is the kid said he wanted to stay. He said it to you in your face and said, I want to stay. I want to stick with this team. I want to see where it goes and grows. But because your inhibitions were felt some type of way because I was lighting him up, because I'm pushing him, because he's a tiny guard, and tiny guards need the most pushing because there's fucking 90 thousand of them out there trying out for one spot you had a bad feel of it if it's not a good fit that's on you that's on you as a parent but stop letting your kids run away from adversity adversity is part of the biggest things and the biggest growth in not only basketball but life you're always going to deal with adversity you're always going to have things against you i was born black guess what that means i'm 10 steps behind my caucasian peers i don't bitch about it i get the shit done just because i'm giving some insight to your player and you don't like the way or the delivery of it get over it your son was fine so move on from that shit it might not be a good fit for you but it's a good fit for him again i am who i am i don't sugarcoat it i don't fade away from it i don't shy away from it i am who i am and that's always going to be the aggressive coach from west oakland california coach chris collins you either like it or it's not a good fit drop the mic just had to say that point. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I always had to say that point, man. So these parents sometimes need to remember who the hell I am, right? <laughs> so with that being said, we had a great show. Uh, uh, Miss Barnes, I'm glad you came on. Uh, yeah, me too. No, it was, uh, it was great having you. Uh, I really think 
having your insight and your side of things was really cool to see not only as a uh, female director, uh, a mother, uh, entrepreneur, and someone who works hard, and someone who's seen the progression of your brothers and everything they've done. So I want you to know I really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. Yeah. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm glad. I'm glad I did. Thank I'm you. Glad I did. Mark, you got yeah. anything to say? Nah, like I said, just listening to her, a real student of the game. I'm already motivated to get back to my players and kind of share some knowledge. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was nice having you on the show. Thank you. All right, man. Um, definitely uh, uh, tell your son, Jaden. I said, what's up? Um, obviously, like I said, I've worked trained with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope he's doing well. Uh, for you guys listening again, um, please feel free to hit that like button, hit that follow button. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. Uh, helps with the algorithm as well. Uh, again, you know, we're just trying to grow this little platform little by little. We just want to give a voice for the grassroots um all the way to the top uh one small click for you is a big help for us uh we really appreciate those who have been following who have been supporting because i know me ty and mark have been getting a great amount of feedback and we really appreciate it i'm hopefully going to have two really great guests for you um the next couple of weeks uh next week might be coach french from whitney he'd be a varsity coach that's actually going to sit down on the couch and talk about his side of things and the one after that if you guys have watched last chance you um the basketball and last chance you the kid that goes to sac state deshaun he said he's willing to do my show so uh i gotta go through he told me we gotta go through some legal people or whatever to talk about it but he said he's willing to do it uh deshaun i really appreciate that obviously his perspective and watching his fame blow up from that netflix show is freaking crazy right so no that'd be really cool but thank you guys again who are listening uh daniel thank you again for being on the show really appreciate you uh and mark uh it's good to see you brother yeah man it's been a minute with the with the military haircut really (laughs) i I got the brush the waves are gonna be coming in soon so be ready ready. i appreciate that uh ty again thank you brother for always everything that you do uh hit sitting it's getting hot in this room again so thank you for sitting in this hot stuffy room with us but um thank you for those guys who's listening and we are out